This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. The, the, the winds of change are blowing through Raider Nation. And Silver and Black Today keeps you up to date with the latest news and views about your Las Vegas Raiders. Touchdown, Las Vegas! With insight, opinions, and interviews. We're on the cutting edge of what's happening now. Now, now with the latest on your Raiders and the NFL. Your host, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moten. Segment number two here on Silver and Black today on this Tuesday. We hope your week goes off to a great start, and we certainly appreciate you making us part of that week. Don't forget, we are an Odyssey Original Sports Podcast that you can get anywhere you get your audio. So please do us a favor, subscribe, put on the auto download so Mo and I can eat and feed our families as well. So that would be fantastic. We appreciate that. Again, my name is Scott Branson. I'm your host, along with my co-host and partner here. He is Mo Moten. He is the senior NFL writer over at Bleacher Report, also the Raiders columnist at sportsnot.com. You can follow him on Twitter at Mo Moten, M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. I am at LV Gully. You can also catch my work up on sportsnot.com as well as contributions, where this week we talked about Trey Tucker. Mo, I'm I'm following him all year for the Raider Ramble. So each week I will be giving a uh, a report on Trey Tucker, a little project that Mario over at the Ramble did. So it's kind of fun being able to key in on one player. So you can catch my stuff over there as well. Say hello to all the people on YouTube. Hello, people on YouTube. Thanks for being with us here on the show. Okay, Mo, we talked about players last segment. We talked about Aiden O'Connell again, the story, all that jazz. But let's talk about what we're seeing from a coaching perspective. We were very, very critical, as I think, and, and fair in our criticism with Josh McDaniels last year. When you blow that many leads, you have record-breaking leads blown to lose games up by 17 points. We can go through that whole thing. We'll we'll spare everybody out there the details because they know it already. But Josh McDaniels left a lot on the table and maybe, just maybe, three or four wins for this Raiders team last year. So a six-win season could have maybe been a nine- or ten-win season if things go a different way. When you look at what you've seen so far, and I know they're not showing us everything because it is preseason, but when you look at how this team has executed, when you look at the play calling, when you look at the way this team is running his offense, what's your takeaways thus far in this preseason from Josh McDaniels and his performance calling this offense? Far from from the offensive perspective, I, I haven't seen really much other than the difference between now and last year this time was I think they're focusing more in on Zamir White. I think they're preparing Zamir White, you know, to have a bigger role. So I think Josh McDaniels last year saw Josh Jacobs run wild, and that was great for Josh Jacobs. But I think he's going to revert back to what we thought he was going to run with the ground attack, and that's 
multiple running backs. Now, there was a report Vinny Vontanur had out Sunday night that said the Raiders do expect Josh Jacobs to be back, which we've said on this show multiple times. But even with Josh Jacobs back, I expect Zamir White to get 8 to 10 carries per game because last year he's pretty much non-existent. And I think the Raiders understand, like, look, we don't know what Josh Jacobs' future is going to be going forward. We have a contract dispute with him right now. We have to get Zamir White ready or at least see if he can handle more carries out of the backfield or else we're going to have to draft a running back in 2024. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's the thing. It's Like I said, you don't know, you don't see a ton in the preseason. But what I have seen, and this is remarkable, and and I know we had a lot of comments from our listeners and viewers uh, from some of the comments Murph made on Sunday morning, Saturday night uh, after the game, which was, you know, he said, and, and, and I believe him and, and agree with him, that it just looks like everyone running the offense, again, the base level offense, it just seems more comfortable. Last year, there was a lot of discomfort with Derek Carr in that offense. There was a lot of discomfort with other players in that offense. The, the, the offensive line obviously struggled early last year, then got it together. Most of those guys are back, and they, are, they seem more comfortable too. But, but I think there's something there. For whatever reason, you know, it's all about having the right people for the, in the right positions at the right time. And again, this is not criticisms of those players who've left or were, were, were traded away, but they never seem to feel comfortable. That's the one thing I will say, and to your point about kind of focusing on Samir White because they have to prepare for the, the inevitability of Josh Jacobs not being there if that happens. Like you said, I think it won't happen, but nonetheless, you have to be. Um, but other than that, I just a lot of people describe it as I feel a different vibe. I, feel, I, just look, I just see these players in this offense this time, Mo. And they just seem to be where they're supposed to be. They seem to not be confused by things. The quarterbacks, not just the one, the quarterbacks overall seem to be running in that system well enough, too. There's not a lot of confusion. There's not a lot of bad a bad um, um, miscues on offense. We haven't seen a lot of those. We've seen a couple turnovers here and there. But overall, it's been very clean. Well, Raider fans have railed against this this offseason, but that's the benefits of having guys who know the Patriots system or know the system in a sense or our culture or scheme fit. So people didn't like the whole scheme fit thing. They'd rather go for the better overall player, and I understand that. But when you guys have guys that know the system and the scheme on both sides of the ball, you, you should you should get cleaner execution yeah. and more consistency out of those players. The other thing is just it's a natural progression of – being in year two of a system for the players who were holdovers from last year and didn't get traded or released. Now this is year two in the system. We heard Devon Diablo say last year he was a new kid on the block. Second year time around in the same system, he understands what, what's expected of him, and he's comfortable. And I think that goes for players on both sides of the ball, not just Devon Diablo. Right. And and they also, Josh McDaniels made some coaching changes too to position player coaches as did uh, Patrick Graham. And that's the thing, too. I talked about it on, on the postgame show was the idea that on defense, again, still need some more talent on the defensive side of the ball. We started the show talking about that, actually. But nonetheless, these guys seem to understand what they're supposed to be doing. And you're going to have failure. Every No team is perfect. You're going to have blown coverages. You're going to have uh, uh, go up against receivers that are going to beat your cornerbacks no matter who it is. But at the same time, this Patrick Graham unit, too, I've been really just just really impressed with how I, uh, from the outside now, how it appears how well they've been coached thus far, especially in this type of 
preseason and training camp where there's a lot of new pieces and new kids are in there. The young players have played very well. The veterans have caught on. And I just think it goes to also Patrick Graham getting that leadership. So a guy like Marcus Peters, what he means to this team is far beyond the stat book. Yeah, I agree with you there. And they're saying the same thing about Marcus Epps. I believe Nate Hobbs called Marcus Epps a field general. I, I was kind of surprised at that because Marcus Epps is a one-year starter from the Eagles. He he was a special teamer for a few years before he became a full-time starter last year. So for Marcus Epps to have that field knowledge and that field awareness is an eye-opener for me. So we'll see how that if that translates in a regular season. I'll have my eye on him because I wasn't thrilled with the – I wasn't moved by the Marcus Epps signing. I'll be honest with you. It didn't move the needle for me. But maybe they saw something in him or they're going to use him differently than he was used with the Eagles because he did struggle in some coverage situations in Philadelphia. So I want to see how he cleans that up this year with the Raiders. But as far as the defense is concerned, too, I think this goes back to my conversation about the linebacker core. And and you're right. It, the Raiders, the linebacker core still, I think, needs another body, still needs another top tier, not a top tier guy, but another veteran who can An step in and get somewhere. guys ready. Right. Because what if the Von Diablo has a slow start or what if he gets hurt? You got you kind of need someone other than Robert Spillane there in the linebacking core. But what I like to see is that the linebackers seem to be doing their jobs, and and not only that, Curtis Bolton's progression. I think that you contribute that to coaching, as Antonio Pierce said that he thinks Curtis Bolton can do a variety of things for that defense, not just be a special team or a guy who gets a few snaps here and there. Playing more off-ball linebacker this year, playing to his strengths, being a communicator. I think that part of that is that thanks to the coaches staff getting their linebackers ready and developing players who are in the back end of the roster last year who could be contributors this year. Absolutely. And I think I think you're right. I, I see folks who talk to us, right? It, I see a lot of them starting to soften a little bit on the Josh McDaniels thing. Now, you brought up a great point, Mo. Until we get to the regular season, this is where I'll agree in, in a preseason, it's hard to gauge at all where the coaching is because you're talking about scheming against an opponent right and in the preseason that doesn't really exist because yeah you're playing against a bunch of guys who won't even be around when the regular 53-man roster is finished so so until you get to week one it's hard to gauge especially especially with some of the issues we saw last year which were around game management okay game management clock management all those things we have not had to see, or we can't gauge, I should say, in the preseason. So the jury's going to be out on that until we get into real football in week one. You know what I want to see, Scott? I want to see the Raiders up by 10 in the third quarter, and I want to <laughs> see them finish. keep that lead. Right. Yes. If they, That's the real test right there. Yep. When the Raiders get a lead, are they able to keep it in the second half? Because if they fall apart again in the first within the first two games with a big lead, people are going to say, here we go again, me included. So I'm still skeptical because I understand this is just a preseason, so they're not playing to necessarily win football games. Right. But the real test is how do the Raiders respond when the bullets are really flying and the, and the games do count in the standings? Are they able to hold leads? Are they able to pick up those leads early in games and start fast? Because that the remember, the first 10 to 15 plays of game are, are things that are schemed up. You're scheming for your opponent's weaknesses and strengths. And then you're hoping that it works so that you can build or get a lead and then hold on to it. That's the real test for the Raiders and Josh McDaniels. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. 
So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Well said. And you know what? Listen, you talk about tests. The first two weeks on the road, you're going to know real quick where this unit's at, right? Uh, and, and to me, that's going to, you see, they're going to make you feel really, really good about where this team is, <laughs> or you're going to be like, okay, what happened? Uh, because it's, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. And then, then coming home again in a division game is not easy either. So I think that, that we'll find out pretty quickly where the team is at. But I do think one of the things that benefits this team besides its youth, right? Cause I think they've gotten younger, which is good. You have to develop young talent to compete in the NFL today. When you look at this situation, though, Mo, the fact that pretty much the whole country has written off the Raiders as being number four in the division is really good for them. It takes some of the pressure off not only the coaching staff, but the players, too. And so I think the Raiders have an opportunity. You and I both selected them to win seven games going back to when we were in the summertime and, and, and after the draft. They could win ten. I mean, it could happen. I'm not saying it's going to. I'm saying it could. So I think we're going to know a lot, and we're going to have to see a bunch of guys come through. They're going to have to get performance, not only from Jimmy Garoppolo, but also some of these rookies we're talking about. Uh, and their defense is going to have to hold up and play well. They don't have to be, again, a top 10 defense, but they're going to have to be vastly improved over what they've been in order for this team to keep it in, and the coaching's going to have to be better. So so I, I think if you're a Raiders fan, again, I advise you, don't get too high, don't get too low. <laughs> Stay where you're at, find the encouragement. There's encouraging things happening, but at the same time, um, uh, you know, don't, don't, don't start saving for Super Bowl tickets just yet. What I'll say is that you you want to see positive coming into the regular season. You want to see the team build some momentum. So I, I think you take it for what it is. It is the preseason, but they are stringing together good practices and good preseason games and outings for players that on the back end of the roster, we saw the first team offense look crisp at Jimmy Garoppolo in the game. We didn't talk too much about that, but I thought that was encouraging because Jimmy Garoppolo hasn't seen the field since early December, late November. So I think it was important for him to get out in the field and shake off that rust, even if it was for just one drive. He looked pretty sharp because we read the reports coming out of training camp, and he's had an up-and-down training camp. People talk a lot about, oh, he's throwing interceptions. We talked about his rhythm being off uh, at training camp before the uh, before the preseason game started. So for him to go out there against a live defense, albeit, you know, second and third stringers. But there were some starters. There were a few starters out there as oh, well. Yeah. No Aaron no Aaron Donald, of course. <laughs> but the fact that Jimmy Garoppolo can go out there and just find his rhythm, find his timing, I think was also very important for him. No, but remember, Jimmy Garoppolo and actually all the Raider quarterbacks, they went ones versus ones in practice against the Rams last week. Right, That's people right. forget about that, and and the, the media has to be far away, and so the media reports on it and, and tells us what's going on on the scene. But they did see some of that time too, so so it, we don't get to see it. But at the same time, very valuable experience for those guys. Uh, Mo, you did mention uh, just a second ago too some of the things happening around uh, the league that I, that I wanted to bring up too, and that was this idea of starters playing in the preseason. You know, we've gone so far away from that in the last couple of years. The idea of a starting player going out and playing in the second game of the preseason kind of went away. Now we're starting to see slowly, again, slowly, I mean, he only played one series. We're starting to see slowly coaches and players in the NFL realize 
that, hey, you know what? We do need a little bit. I don't need to go play full games or even full quarters. But what I do need is I need a taste. I need a taste of live action before I get to week one. You think this is going to increase uh, into more playing time maybe in the coming years as we start to see these guys see better results early on? I think also it's this it's the adjustment to a three-game preseason schedule from a four-game preseason schedule. So four games to me was a lot. I, I mean, you saw like backups in the first maybe two games, and then you saw the starters, what they call a dress rehearsal, regular season yeah. game in week three, and then week four it was just guys fighting for the last you know three to four roster spots. I think with the condensed schedule, I'd be it's just dropping one game. I think – Coaches want to see starters in there for at least that week two. I think the week two preseason is becoming that game where I wouldn't call it a dress rehearsal, but you're going to see more and more starters play in that week two preseason game. And then you'll get like the guys fighting for the back end roster, the last roster spots in the last preseason game. But to your point, I, I think you want to get your starters out there. One, to shake off rust if they've been hurt, Jimmy Garoppolo. Two, if let's say they haven't they haven't looked good maybe in practices because I know Josh McDaniels has implemented this strategy where guys who played a lot in the pre in training camp practices didn't see a lot of time in the preseason. So we don't see who gets you know a lot of the snaps at practice. So it also depends on how a player looks on those in those joint practices because if he's not sharp, then the coach may want to get an extended look at him in a preseason game just to get his rhythm going. Absolutely. It'd be interesting to see where it goes, but it's it's good. I remember back, you're right, when there was four games, and especially you would get to that last, that fourth game, you'd have guys trying to make the roster, but but I remember starters playing one, even two quarters um, of those games to just really get ready. So, so it's amazing how far things have gone the other way, but everything's cyclical. Everything tends to come back a little. I don't think it'll ever go back to that, to your point about the three games versus four. But it's nice to see that, too, and just to see these guys get off because we've seen quarterbacks and teams get off to slow starts, and the Raiders cannot afford, with their schedule this year, cannot afford a slow start, especially in the AFC West. So we'll see how that all goes. Look, they're getting the Buffalo Bills early this year, I believe, too. So they got <laughs> you got to be firing all cylinders if you're going to go against the Bills yes. on the road. On the road, luckily they have no snow. It's not going to be freezing. So they're, they're lucky in that case, but still a great team they're going to have to go against. All right. We're going to take our final break here on Silver and Black today in Odyssey Original Podcast. When we come back, we have a little bit of fun. We're going to talk about how my partner Mo has now been immortalized. <laughs> yes, it's crazy. It's happened. Talk about that and what we're doing to help out some great causes as well. And we'll, we'll close out with some other football thoughts, too. But we're going to have a little fun on this Tuesday by the way, uh, when we get to the next show on Thursday, full show, we're going to have a special guest, which we'll tell you about soon. But number two, we're also going to talk about any roster moves uh, as we pop up and get you up to date on Raiders injuries and all that jazz. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already done so. Okay. Taking that break, when we come back, we're going to get to why Mo is such a big deal here on <laughs> Silver and Black today. And <laughs> I'll see the original podcast. Don't go anywhere. <laughs> 